You have the power to listen to the power of J-Skull. Like, share, and subscribe. And the power of J-Skull, you withering mini. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the power of J-Skull. I'm your host, Jason, of course. Next to me is the bubbling boom himself, Jason. How are you? I am. I'm bumbling. Thank you. Okay. I am full of energy today, mate, because I am oh, super man. excited about what we're doing today. Yes. I mean, let's face it. When you when you think about Master of the Universe, you're thinking one or two characters, don't you? And one of them we chat about last week. Yes. So, of course, we're talking our deep dive into Skeletor. <laughs> Jason, the two episodes you chose were crackers. They really were. I love them both a lot so much, of fun. yes. A lot as, of fun. As man. much as we've been kind of thrashing 2002 for its shallowness at times, this one was a great, multi-layered, hilarious story. And, of course, I have to say the same thing for the Filmation one. Just a fun, silly little romp that highlights yeah. our, our favorite boneheaded bungler. And I tell you what, though, it is uh, they're both episodes that give us a bit more about the character. I thought anyway we get to know a bit more about Skeletor and some of his strengths and some of his weaknesses are very much highlighted in these episodes yes it, it'll be great to have a crack talk about and the first one we'll get straight into the filmation one which is here there Skeletors everywhere I love what? the writer's name Cinnamon Cinnamon Wingrad I don't Cinnamon know Wingrad was on some hallucinogenics when he came up Absolutely. with this one, I think. Because this is a crazy plot. And, <laughs> I mean, and, and what's the plot here, Jace? I mean, honestly, it's <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous. It feels like a bit Austin Powers to me. You know? They shall like... call him Mini-Me. <laughs> <laughs> but hundreds of them. So, yeah, let's get kind of get into it. It's basically Skeletor... Whiplash is observed, you know, man at arms and amen doing experiments. And mind you, can we just point out again the absurdity of letting man at arms run free with his experiments? Eternia's most Who's prolific war criminal, him? yes. Like it's well, there's a bad. reason why he's not doing this in the palace. I mean, they're all he's 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 just sitting there saying, "Oh, uh, you, this is a secret location. We're doing a secret experiment." Yeah, because you can't do it in the palace no more because somebody's putting their finger on you now. And, and the experiment should we say is this machine here, which turns which dupl it's a duplicating machine. It's a, it's a replicator in some ways. Yes, yes. Um, and and but what it does, it's. Is man at arms? It's, it's a pseudo uh, successful experiment because it really yes. only replicates things half the size, um, <laughs> which is which is kind of yeah. At that point, I'm supposed they thought at the end of that day it's like okay, okay, we're kind of there, we've got it kind of going. We just need to double it in size. But you know what? That's tomorrow's problem, and we can deal with it tomorrow. The um, guy basically cures world hunger, and yeah. In this in episode, an and then they destroy it in the same episode. <laughs> the same episode. Man at arms, he could be like using parallel his of to, what he could be using his talents to cure cancer. But no, let's yeah. make tiny berries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is far more enjoyable in tiny berries and replacing uh, limbs 
with machinery, I think, for men and arms. Um, but uh, yeah, it gets spotted by Whiplash. Which uh, did you own Whiplash? I have never I owned Whiplash. I, I need to I find did. a version of him. Yes, this this was, was definitely one of those episodes where they they wanted to sell toys. Oh, this they, is a toy. They introduced so many so many characters pointlessly in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Whiplash, thank you. Do your thing with your tail. Okay, now go away. Look, yeah. there's Cyclone. He needs to make a whirlwind. Okay, now go away. There's Boss Man. He can he can <laughs> he can disguise himself as any plant. Okay, now go away. <laughs> oh man, is it me or is Moss Man being played by Lenny from Mice and Men? Perhaps he looked like they they like he's got like that him. real kind of simpleton big, you know, <laughs> kind of you know. From his position there, he honestly looks like he's trying point. to relieve himself in the woods, though. Oh well, I couldn't believe how like lower IQ they made Moss Man in this episode. Oh, I know because in Revelations he's like this all powerful force of nature, <laughs> yeah. wise and ageless and. Here he's like, well, I'm sorry. I was just trying to take a nap, man. Go over here. Exactly. So I will love him and pet him and name him George. Exactly. That's exactly who he was. Look, you know? look across the river, Moss Man. Imagine our. Uh, imagine our, we're doing literary jokes. My goodness, we're literally how far doing we fall. a Moss Man, but that's okay. It's one of my. That's okay. One of my favorite books. It is mine too. I love it. Um, now Skeletor must have that machine. Um, and it's fairly extinctive. I, I thought to myself, what's the reasoning behind the machine, Skeletor, at this point? Did he instantly go, I'm gonna make millions of me's? Or I'll call them I just many think Skeletor, if he doesn't have it and somebody else has it, he's gotta have it like a little oh, three-year-old yeah. spoiled child. Absolutely. You have a PS5? I want that PS5. Get it for me, yes. Whiplash. Exactly, exactly. Now we get into the toyetic area because we get a little, we get a, uh, a sky chase scene, even though it's minor with the Rin Raider and the, uh, oh, do I not have the pick of the other vehicle? The Rotan. The Rotan, which again, the question for you, was that a vehicle you owned? I did. You did? I, did. I never owned that I one. Do. Very jealous. I actually and you do had, have I, I had Roton and he was missing a gun for the longest time. I don't know, know what happened to it. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was going through an antique shop and I found another Roton that was missing a gun. So now I own one Roton without guns and one with both guns. Oh, sweet. Do yes. you have two? I do. I well, have yeah. two. Clearly, you think it's selfish for you to have two, but you know, whatever. I have one at normal size <laughs> and the other one is half size. <laughs> um,. What was the point of the Wind Raider falling into Tarpal? It's called padding. Yeah, I think so, right? They had I'm to pad out the plot a little bit. Was this show like came in at 17 minutes rather than 22? And... I, I guess so. They needed to slow it down somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. But... It was a it was a nice little, you know, speed bump they had to get around. And I really I really liked the image of of He Man flying the Wind Raider like a kite. You know, that was yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, and you know what? I, I tell you what, though. Um, a lot of people used to say, oh, that's an ugly ship. But I oh, no, it's beautiful. I love it. I thought it was gorgeous, eh? Yeah, it's great. But, yeah, but I'm, just as a kid, you know, you had Star Wars and the Fanatic Collectors. 
That looks lame. Nope. Awesome. No, no. Everybody has an opinion, but yours is terrible and wrong, and you should feel horrible exactly. for having it. Exactly. So yeah, this pull them. He man just pulling him out of the tar against all. Like, not only is it in tar, but the angle of the ship. Why are you dragging it that way? Why wouldn't you be dragging it from the back end out first? Why doesn't this make physically well? No, physics, logic, and sense. I don't know, maybe because it's this is a this is a TV show about a dweeb who holds up a sword and turns into a big muscle guy who looks the same, but nobody knows it's a different person. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, honestly, we're why are we even stand. bringing logic or reason into this? He, exactly, he fights an effeminate we... skeleton with his best friend, who's a floating dish just dishcloth, and yeah, well, <sighs> you're right, you're hundred percent right, Jason, as always, and that's why we probably have. The Brewstein Bears? Part of I was going to say the Robert Burbles. Ah, good call. Good call. Absolutely poor choice in the way of design because really, He-Man, as much as it is very bright and colourful, you know, it's very rarely do they go to that type of animation but style. they're so very... adorable, though. They are adorable. Look at their little pear-shaped bodies and their Care Bear-like physiques. I... But that's you know, a design that belongs in Care Bears, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And Care Bears are like popular. The... He-Man wants to stay popular. Let's put some Care that's Bears true. in He-Man. That's true. And you know what? To be honest with you, what this is what, 116th episode of the series at this mm -hmm. point? So they, we are getting to the back end of let's throw in everything we can to keep people going, to keep the show going. I don't know if you noticed... But um, He-Man and She-Ra, they, they shared much of the same music, but She-Ra had a few new musical scores that they used. Yeah. And those scores were being used in this episode because you could almost hear that that dun 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 a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, almost. Especially whenever they were in the attack track going over the cliff and everything. Yeah, yeah. You're just actually stuck She-Ra, da-da-da-da-da-da. So I don't know if they were just like, if they were just testing the music here just to see what it sounded like. I don't know if well, maybe they had the plan to to spin off Shira into her own show at this point. I just thought the music really stood out. Yes, poorly in this part. <laughs> it really did. Like, it was out of place. It was out of place. But sure. did you notice Mech and Neck also had a different voice? He, he was did. no longer a cyborg. He was like a Looney Tunes character now. Yes, and there is. You know what? Looney Tunes is something we'll bring up later in this episode because I feel right. like Looney Tunes is not only in this but in the next episode a little bit too. Um, but let's get to the wacky side of it. The best side of this whole episode is this. <laughs> is him replicating... Don't mini speak mini to me or my children ever again. <laughs> Unbelievable. And when he's doing it, I'm just like... This he looks so proud of himself. <laughs> he was like he was a proud dad. Look at my little what, evil minions. He was You're prolific, also adorable. Because <laughs> there's one part of the episode where they ask where Skeletor is, and he's back at the castle pumping out more replicas the whole time. <laughs> like that's all he's doing. He, he he's basically just giving birth to another version, a mini me version of himself. <laughs> um, and it made me thought so many me inappropriate think, jokes I can make right now. I know, but it made me think like 
it, it's just like a multiplicity kind of thing. This is like a Xerox scenario. So if one of the little ones <laughs> copied himself, A, is he then half the size? Yes. And then so he's so we could get a whole but butch the dolls thing and happen with skeletons. Because that would have been that's the only way you take this episode. That would have been episode. amazing. Have like a little have like a little millimeter skeleton. Look, it's a little millimeter. <laughs> I like I like trains. Oh. And the smaller they get, the more diabolical evil they get, I think. So the kind little like one is the most kind of like the way baby one. scorpions are supposed to be the most venomous, the tiniest skeletors. Are... <laughs> well, exactly. we defeated Skeletor, we win. Not so fast, He-Man. I am into your I'm inside your bloodstream, giving you cancer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Right. Look at him go. There's a replicator. He wants more. <laughs> Give me more. Give me more. But yeah, that crazy stuff. And eventually, obviously, we get the little mini showdown here. Well, mini showdown, <laughs> part of the puck. But uh, Mechanic really serves no purposes, but like, oh, I'm a bit of like, I'm a bit scared here. He distracts them. You know, he he's so annoying that, that all the Skeletors point their weapons at him at one point so He-Man can get away. Yeah, I suppose and honestly, I know normally that would be like, oh, how could they be that stupid? No, I get it. Yeah, I totally yeah. get it. I would do the same thing. Man! They, would, they coordinate. I they dig do. the fact that these guys coordinate quite well. They work <laughs> together. At this point in the episode, they're working quite well as a team together. Yes, yes. Like, so I'm a bit shocked at the ending when it's when it's just a simple Jedi mind trick. That, that, that turns them all against themselves. I was a little bit disappointed. Skeletor does not respect the power of teamwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it says about how he thinks of himself either. He may have some more uh, deeper issues to do. Well, He-Man says it himself. He's he's selfish. Yeah. That's, how, that's how they defeat Skeletor. Is they use his own personality traits against him. That's one of the reasons why I chose this episode yeah. into our deep dive is because Skeletor did not get a whole lot of... Uh, you know, as much as I love Bonehead, he did not get a whole lot of character development. This is one of the few times they actually went in and said, what makes Skeletor tick and what can we use it against him? Well, he's selfish and, you know, yeah. doesn't really think of long-term goals because really, once he conquers Eternia, what's he going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really the dog chasing the car, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's the old Joker line of, I wouldn't know what to do if I caught it kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think Skeletor does either. I think no, he'd be like Megamind, no. just sitting there being all bored and everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He needs the chase. He needs the hunt. He does. Survive. You know who we didn't get a lot of, though, even though these guys, you mentioned him before, but I had him as a toy. And, <laughs> and I Blue really liked him as a kid as a toy. He would be one of the He-Men I would pick up quite a lot as a kid. No, well, he's fun. He was cool. I don't think I ever had yeah, one, but cool. my friend did. Yeah, yeah. He, now, I can't remember what his trick was, though. I think it was just I think his, his... I think his waist kind of did that. Was, he had no, I don't on think it... Chest. I was trying to remember whether it did actually... Where it would actually spin... I don't remember. Minutes. It's been so long. I, I want to say, like, yeah. his top half spun, and he did have something in his chest. But yeah, he had something on his chest that span, like a, uh, like a hypnotic okay. thing that spun in his chest. Okay. But, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, we get really wacky here until we get basically to a skeletal cocktail party. Yes, I want to know what their um, conversations were. Which I thought were. was hilarious that they it's just in the lobby of the of the turn. I mean, at this point, you know, they've taken over a turn. And they're just hanging out in the lobby. <laughs> what, what are 
their conversation like, I like evil. Do you like evil? I like evil. Do you like evil? I love evil. Do you hate Beastman? Oh, I hate Beastman. <laughs> you know who I hate more than Beastman? He-Man. Yes, He-Man! <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty well much. I think that would be the case. I'm just going to say it right now. At least two of those Skeletors went into the dark corner and started making out. Oh, you know. I would have, I would have, you know. Because he, because Skeletor thinks that highly of himself. Yes, of yes. Of course. There was some of inappropriateness course. going you, on right there. Do you there. think these guys made out, though? They didn't have time. No, they didn't have time. But no. holy crap, how cute a mini he <laughs> Look, like, kids, these are available pretty... at Kmart right now. You know what? I've got to say, I don't remember being in stores, but if they had sold them, I think I would have bought I them. I totally would have bought them. Little, because he little... looks awesome no matter what size he is. He-Man he and the mini He-Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally would have, would have got into it. Hey, would have... Do you think they had an existential crisis? Like, they knew the second that they threw that duplicator, that duplicator that they were going to disappear. They never even questioned it. You know, basically, no. there's a mass genocide that happens here. All of these, yeah, all yeah. these sentient beings just disappear like Thanos snapping, yeah, and yeah, nobody yeah. thinks anything of it. Were they well, copies we or were they extensions? Kind of That's the problem. Zone, we don't no. know. Yeah, it's a gray area. Mr. Except Mr. Me the Mr. Meeseeks wanted to die. That was their quest. Yes, yes, but here these guys are more is acceptance. Like, meh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, to serve I, a purpose. That's it. I, I like to think the two Skeletors that were making out, you know, realized what was happening going, I'm scared. Hold me. <laughs> Do you think they escaped and built a little cottage up on Oh, you know, scared? you know, I don't know. I like to think they did. But yeah, yeah and they had ethical... about a good 10 years until someone found them. So yeah. then, then they had to go on the run. across. Yeah. The Holding um, hands together as they drive a Roton off yeah. a cliff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Together, Skeletor, together. <laughs> There's the sequel, dude. We've got the sequel <laughs> sorted out for, for Master of the Universe. He's like Phelan oh, and Louise, only it's Skeletor and Skeletor. This episode really should not have worked, but it worked. It worked in the best fun <laughs> way possible. You know, it was silly. It was it was Looney Tunes, you know, it very yeah. much reminded me of, of those kind of elements. But that will, and you're right, we got to know a bit more about Skeletor, and he was, you know, he's a character that as much as one note, we got to see one of his biggest failings here. We got to see his biggest flaw is his selfishness. Yes. Which is pretty awesome, I thought. Yes. So, selfishness, and, arrogance, you know, name yeah. it. He's got a bunch of them. Yeah. Now, how do we want to do this? Do we want to play the moral for this episode now, or do we want to play it after we talk about the second episode? Let's play it now. I agree with you. Let's get it on now. Today, we discovered that getting what you want isn't always a good thing. When we like something, particularly something sweet, it's easy to want more and more. But nearly every time, if you have too much of something, no matter how much you want it, you'll find that it uh, disagrees with you. So next time you see some candy, remember, you can have too much of a good thing. Except me, of course. Right, man and I? We'll uh, talk about it later. See you next time. Now, is he saying that too much Skeletor was sweet? Or yeah, I, I, I don't get it. This was the one moral that felt very like they very thinly attached it to the episode. 
Like, I think they were struggling to make the connective tissue here because basically the message I got out of that is don't be a pig, don't be a glutton. Um, I don't know if Skeletor was trying to be a glutton in this episode. I don't know. And they were using the berry, and it's, I'm like, it's a berry. It's not like it's candy or anything. No, no. Trying to make right. Cringer look like a jerk just because he's going vegan with a healthy choice. I mean, come on. You're not going to sit there and scream at a kid because he's eating it, too many it, strawberries. It did feel like don't eat too much candy, otherwise you're going to have violent diarrhea, and it's going to yeah. hurt. I oh, had violent diarrhea this morning because <laughs> yeah. of my <laughs> By the way... How, like, difficult do you think it was for him to get out his lines as Cringer? Because Cringer had some lines in this episode. Yes, he did. Especially in the in the beginning. He had to, uh, well, if you really want it. Like, I can't do the voice, you can, but there was some difficult line readings, I think, in that one for sure. 100%. Yes. yes. Well, that was great. Let's move on to now the uh, next one, which was... Okay, turnabout. Wow. 2002. Skeletor focused episode. Chase, yeah. your initial impressions of this episode? I thought it was hilarious watching yeah. Skeletor be the manipulated one for once. Watching the, the Masters be proactive and going after Skeletor in what I thought was the most hilarious way possible. It was almost like a frat practical joke. It, look, it felt like Acme Company made the belt in some ways. It very much snuck of a Coyote Roadrunner kind of yes. plan, but yeah. it works. Like, it did, you know, and it was but, just... You know, before we get into that, Jase, how's the callback in the beginning of this episode? Oh, the Diamond Ray of Disappearance. <laughs> well, it was the Diamond Ray of Disappearance. <laughs> it's broken. What do you mean yeah, it's yeah, broken? No. There it was. And I thought, oh, wow, they're doing the diamond ray of disappearance. And then, boom, they destroyed straight away. <laughs> so, existential question then. Bigger question. Does this mean that, A, this is an alternate universe returning, right? This completely different timeline. This is a t this solidifies any doubt that you may have had whether this was a reboot or not. This is an utter... Alternate universe is completely different from anything Filmation's done. Yeah, um, it's an alternate universe, and I'm sticking to that supposition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. And and you know what? I don't think it ever shies back from that, but I love the fact that they were kind of take those little elements from the Filmation series and they play with it and have a bit of fun with it. Because it's a pretty solid weapon, let's be yes, honest. Yes, it is. You. Skeletor's right in the beginning, uh, like, hey, it's the ultimate weapon I can... You know, I'll be taking over the castle by midnight or something, what he says. So it's true. Wielded by a half-competent Skeletor, that thing is extremely dangerous. And I honestly think that if this version of Skeletor had uh, had gotten his hands on it, that he would have been a force to deal with. And there, yes. Yeah, there we go. Would have totally um, been able to. 100%. 100%. But, you know, that's just the opening of the episode. It's a nice little opening. I think 2002 series do this a little bit, don't they? We always seem to pick up at some point in the previous adventure. I think they keep that trope kind of going, which I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of that. I like oh, that. Oh, yeah, gets, gets things kind going quickly. episodic kind of approach. Um, uh, yeah, now, 
look, basically the plan. I can't remember where the plan comes from. It comes from Ram Man. Because he says, um, you know, if Skeletor wasn't so evil, he might be a, a kind of a good person. That's it. That's and then it. Ram, then, of course, Man-at-Arms is like, I have an idea full of all kinds of ethical questions. An idea and do... that relies on an unknown element that he has no idea. Like, all he says is, I've got an idea, but I think I'm going to need help with it. Right. Yeah, and then he goes to the sorcerers and says, hey, I got this idea. Do you have anything that'll help? Oh, yes, I have this lake water that only comes around every 10,000 years. It's just been sitting on a shelf in the back Good of the castle. Sense. and It's where I keep yeah. all my senses, but you can have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and basically, yeah, he builds... Sorry, I shouldn't have got that rid of that image. He builds this belt. Yes. Now, the, the idea around the belt, this is where the hilarity comes. <laughs> the idea that, they, that this belt will attach himself to Skeletor and force him not to do evil doings. Yes. If he even that thinks is about doing something evil. Yeah. It's it's a Pavlov dog's experiment. If he even thinks about evil, it punishes yeah. him. Which is nuts. Which, which is super nuts. And I which, love it. No, I'm thinking of the writer's room here, Jace. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to pitch you an idea. What about a magic belt that stops um, you know, Skeletor being evil? And I could just image all these cups being thrown at the guy who pitched that idea, you know? All the leftover plates of food going, oh, that's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. And I tell you what, he was right because it works really well. It was amazing. I, I think I laughed more at this episode than anything else. I don't think Skeletor has been more pathetic or hilarious. So he builds the belt, right? And then here's the shocking thing. He sends Prince... At, like, okay, well, man at arms knows, right? But from Teela's perspective, it's just like, oh, so we're going to use the prince's bait now. Is this kind of what we do here? We're not going to... Adam is just... a master, though. He's one of the masters. So, I mean, it's his job. I mean, it's, but is Adam a master at this point? Yes. Yes, he is. Adam is one of the masters. Okay. All right. So he's not just Prince Adam at this point. He's a master. So yeah, you're right. He's, he's, he's like he's like the he's like the mascot or the water boy. But you know, it's like you may just be yeah. the master's water boy, but you're a master. So I go on this very dangerous mission where you could get killed. Yeah, I was just surprised that Teela would be like, oh, okay, okay, well it is what it is. But well, she's really not a fan of Adam. He runs off. I mean, come on. Now it's like, uh, oh yeah, okay, you're yeah. gonna come with us. Cool. Come on. Cool. Yeah. True. Well, you're annoying anyway. What's the worst thing that yeah. happen? You're going to die, and then I don't have to deal with you anymore. So. But if we go on this mission, Adam could get killed. Great. What's the downside? <laughs> so, yeah, he's used to bait, gone to a corner. Um, Skeletor's riding the... What's he riding? I know this vehicle. He's I, I based on, a, on an original design. God, I'm not sure I know this one. No. Anyway. Anyway, the idea is to set him up. And we do the old Obi-Wan Anakin. I've got the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> and uh, he gets shot out of her thing. This belt, you can see in the middle of that inner circle, a belt has attached to him, um, which is awesome because immediately Skeletor being Skeletor fires off. Yeah. He's not impressed. This this poor guy took so many nut shots in this episode. Aha. And, so and many. <laughs> His animation style looks like it, though, because when he keels over, it looks like he caught one right in the yes. family jewel. Yes, yes. Sure. Oh, you got yeah, one. 
You grazed it, but you got it. That's it. Every time he says something, man, he's gone down. I mean, the the wave of it's not even a small shock. This shock, <laughs> like, literally raptures his whole body when he gets shocked. Hey, it's he sees Jesus whenever that goes off. <laughs> yeah, but he and the thing is, what I love about it too, he doesn't learn quickly. No, <laughs> he constantly, no he, matter what, can't help himself. He's an evil holic. He can't help it. Uh, there's a tiny little shot in this episode, which, as you know, because I'm a massive Evil Lynn fan, that was so delighted. It's and it's basically based after when he gets electrocuted here. They cut to her with this look on her face, <laughs> which which made me laugh so much. The the the, the evil She's masters were enjoying this so much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Great. Guys, can I ask you a question? Uh, I've never seen Lion-O in Master Universe. Was this a, a full legit character was released? I don't think so, but I mean, given that we had the Robert Rebels in the filmation one, I don't, I, you know, sure, why not? Why not? It seems so off-brand, though, isn't it? Maybe it is on-brand, I don't know. I don't Maybe remember just the, ever the seeing way they drew before, it though. just seemed like, oh, we're on a different show now. Thundercats have been rebooted. It's um, like uh, Lionel and, and Mufasa had a baby together. But you know the way they played it in this episode? They played it like he was of some significance. So that's why I was asking whether we'd seen him before. Or I don't think we did, but it's been a long time since I've seen a lot of these 2002 episodes. So we, maybe yeah, we did. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Evil Lynn just trying to be Evil Lynn. You know, there was I don't have the images here, but even early in the episode, when he's kind of having a freak out, she's just hiding around the corner mm -hmm. behind the pillar. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just like that. She's smart enough not to be right in his way. Yes. She's always watching. Always watching. Evelyn is smart in every one of her oh. incarnations. And I like, I just love that yeah. about her. Is this supposed to be an analogy for something you can catch if you're not a good boy? <laughs> flying crabs, a swarm of flying crabs. See, my brain doesn't go in that direction, but now that you've mentioned it, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. The thing is, with the concept, if it's a pretty, when you bring swarms of, you know, you've, we've seen it in Star Trek, we've seen it in lots of other shows where you bring swarms into it. Um, I always love it because it's a, it's a threat that it's not always easy to write yourself out of. You have a. 5,000 of those things coming at you. It doesn't matter your sword or your anything. You would think, nah, man, you're toast. Like, there's mm -hmm. just no way you can battle them all off. Um, how do you think they handled this eyed concept of the swarm? I think they handled it okay. There were a couple of uh, kind of cheap moments that I did see, but overall, I thought it looked good. Usually the 2002 movie, uh, the 2002 series was really good at hiding its little shortcuts. There were a couple of times that were giveaways here, but overall, I think that it looked good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of gave away the big pit there I was going to get into. <laughs> but I liked the crabs. I did like the mm -hmm. flying crabs. They felt oh, yeah. threatening. They felt like, I don't know, the easy way out of it. And it wasn't a, like, kill the mothership and they all kind of disintegrated. Oh, did it? Maybe a little mm -hmm. bit like it that. Like but, a big you know, bug zapper. Yeah, 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 just a giant bug zapper. But what I did give away was really the whole title of the episode, dude. It's called Turnabout, yes. and it's called Turnabouts because what you do to Skeletor, 
mate, he's not let that go. He'll do right back to you. Yep. And, and what honestly, is, they should have seen that coming. Which, exactly, but it's genius. i got to yeah. say, it's genius. And one of the funnier parts is like, now He-Man can't do any good deeds without suffering an extreme amount of pain. Yes, and of course, He-Man is nothing but good, so he can't even fake it. So it was a little unfair. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then it was a little bit unfair, but still... What an interesting concept. I don't mm -hmm. know what that says psychologically, what the writers are trying to say here, is that we're going to put out, both people are going to suffer as much as they possibly can in this episode to just be themselves. Because essentially that's what happens, you know? Um, but He-Man being He-Man, he ain't oh, yeah. around. Like, like, yeah, he can beat anything well, by just screaming and go, yeah. kaboom, bug zapper. Yeah. Oh, I loved, I loved when he did rip off, rip it off. The sheer magnitude of the wave and the damage that it did. Like, like that was a powerful chess play, hey? I thought it was very considerate of the wave that it didn't hurt, like, anybody on the ground. Just, like, I don't know. It, like, it, it went just around It kind of everybody. knocked them over. Yeah. It felt more know. like if you, if you had an iPhone or an Apple Watch, it might have got seized out. I'm sure, you know, Mac and Mac sure. probably couldn't so, extend that's his neck why for the a while. Belt, yeah. That's why the belt kind of, that's how I felt, was more like an electrical kind of current thing that had knocked out, um, which is okay. And convenient then that, you know, that's why Skeletor got out of his, you know. So unfortunately, as much as this show really leads up and has a great concept, unfortunately the end of it, it's pretty wrapped up and yeah. very cool. Yeah. Very quickly and not really a lot of logic. It's just like, oh, we're out of time, kids. We're gonna <laughs> time for a um, moral. Yes, whenever you're writing an episode, you yeah. should really plan pacing better. I did like yeah. this part though. This was fun. Yes, because it was. I was talking about that, Jace, because I thought you might have something to say about this. Because I was delighted by it. Yes, poor, poor Triclops though. He was the one who was just trying the entire time to help Skeletor, and he he gets punished anyway. They really treating like Triclops in this 2002 series, kind of like the youngest son from Succession or the lawyer's son from Yellowstone. Like, I don't know if you've seen either of those two shows. I have not, but, but I've they heard are the, good. But they are like the one of the smartest characters in their respective shows, but they are treated like absolute garbage all the time. And I feel they do this Triclops quite a bit, don't yes. they? Yeah, the poor guy, he's so smart. You know, at one point he almost takes over the he almost takes over Eternia all by himself by using yeah. a device that Skeletor said was worthless. Uh, and then Skeletor punishes him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Unbelievable. Guy yeah. a break. Unbelievable. So I don't know why the writers have a bug up their butt around um around this character, but they certainly do. I think Paul you Trump got me. Was. You got somebody me. didn't either know. didn't like it as a toy when they got it for Christmas or Triclops was awesome. Triclops was awesome. He was. Let's have a look at the moral of this story. What do you think? Oh yes, let's. Let's have a look. There's no force in the world more powerful than goodness. And when you practice kindness, it not only helps others, but it gives you a good feeling inside. 
Until next time. Hmm. Okay. The moral okay. is be good. There's no force better than goodness. Poof. What about a bullet, He-Man? So this is, again, more evidence where the 2002 series really didn't understand the moral concept. No, they really And didn't. even though we didn't have a real solid one from the Filmation series, that still is the gold standard when it, when it comes to telling morals. And Jennifer, they've gone too big rather than keeping it small and more practical. We, we were upset at Filmation's going like, you know, basically telling them not to eat too much candy. But that's the type of area and level you need to be relate to kids. Like, how do you, like, I don't know how that moral makes any meaningful impact on a child whatsoever. Absolutely none. None um, at all. There you go. But there you go. They were the two episodes, you know. Before we come back to our next segment, which is our Power of Jason casting poll, let's, uh, let's have a look at a commercial from back in the day. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. Not so fast, Beastman. He-Man! You can pit He-Man against Beastman playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beastman's escaping. What's wrong, Dad? Dad, you saved the castle. Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Beastman each sold separately from Mattel. That had to be one of the original commercials, I think, Jace. Yes. And notice, who was it in that episode? The man that you're holding right there, and we're just about to talk about those characters, is uh, Skeletor. But uh, I never saw that commercial. That was Do you remember seeing that as a young I child? do remember seeing that commercial because that's the commercial that made me beg and scream and cry to get a Castle Grayskull. Yeah. And I was successful. You know, when I was a kid, what really dragged me into Castle Grayskull was, I remember going, oh, the front of it looks cool. But to me, the selling point of Castle Grayskull was all the activities within the castle. The chair with the trap door, the little carrier, the whole deal. Yeah. Um, that was a big selling point to me. Now, you've got them there. Let's, let's like, you've got a few Skeletors. I want you to talk I do. About I have them. more Skeletors than anything else because Skeletors. How many Skeletors just... do you have? Well, let's see. I've got I've got the big Skeletor right there, which I'm not going to yep. get him down because I don't want to knock him down. No, no, no. He, we can see. We can see a little then bit. Then I have it. a I have about three or four of these little Funko Skeletors. Yeah, the Funkos. And then I have uh, I have a little Snake Mountain here, which is kind of cool. That is cool. I have Battle Armor Skeletor, which he's the one yes. that you, you punch him on the chest, it gets. It's I definitely it's had one of them. I, I, I love that gag. It's so great. I have got the uh, Revelation Skeletor. That is a beautiful looking yes. Skeletor. I gotta say, now, the Havoc staff release. is just is so amazing. Last year's release. Uh, this was the. Uh, they, they released two of these. They released this one, and then they released Skelegod, which I don't have Skelegod because okay. I don't know. I just I I like the figure, but. I can't justify spending almost $40 for it. So I'm waiting wow, for it to is, go on sale somewhere that's else. A, that's a beautiful piece. This is the uh, 2002 Skeletor yeah. from the Origins line, which to me does not look like the 2002 Skeletor. But The face you know, sculpt is completely wrong. It is, and it's the wrong color because 2002 Skeletor was white. He wasn't yellow. Yes. And then this is the, uh, this is the Keldor Skeletor, and I love this one because I love the cape. 
Yeah. The cape looks really I should cool. love the neck uh, chest. Plant oh, yeah. Too, really like that. Yeah. He just looks cool. And you're supposed to display him with the Keldor head, but I like the Skeletor head better. So yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. And then last but not least, my most recent Skeletor is from the Netflix series, which... Yeah, it's which we great. will get into a lot deeper yeah. as we go along. But yeah, yeah. I, I love the Netflix series. You know what I like about and that is he died. Okay. Oh no, <laughs> he's so fine. Your millions he's... of Skeletors are trying yeah. to escape. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. My little army of <laughs> um, mini Skeletors. That would make me the yeah. big Skeletor. Can you know minions what, quit making out with each other? <laughs> oh man, like if you're the toy makers out there, why don't you look at making a mini versions of them? Because I'm telling you, the fan base without there would buy it. No yes, doubt. yes, we would. Absolutely. You could make them actual size. Okay. Now, one of the responsibilities <laughs> we have on this show, Jase, yes. is that we are now, we've, you know, Hollywood, for some reason, the, the president of Hollywood has given us a budget to make a Master of the Universe film. Yes. And our task is to grab these characters and try to cast them as best as we can in a, in a segment that we call... <laughs> The power of case goal casting call. Do you um, find me arousing? A casting couch there, which I'm not a fan of. So, <laughs> so who goes first here? Would you like me to go first? Or would you like to go first? Uh, you you go first. You go first. Okay. Go well, mine is. I, I look at Skeletor and, and and I think about what kind of film version of Skeletor would I like? And I like the devious, the cheeky, the but the almost aristocratic element about Skeletor, which I find big. Um, and so for that, it wasn't that hard because this guy's been fan cast all over the place over the years. Um, actually, for the his most famous role is probably because of fan casting in some ways. And I'm talking about Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, I, lo I love Bing Bong Cumberbund. He's awesome. Now, you brought up something prior to the show when we had a brief chat about this, Jace, and that is the idea of, and I agree with you, that Skeletor's face in the movie should be CGI. We've discussed that. Yeah. We've spoken to ILM. We're going to contract them. Yes, but, because he, he's basically just a skull. He's got no he's got no yeah. flesh. He's got no yeah. eyeballs. He's, he's a no, skull. That's right. Though he has some red LEDs that fire up. When he yeah, you know, only when he's mad, though. That's when you um, back away and ah, hide around the corner like Evil Lynn does. Like, ooh, there's the eye lights. But even as a performance art and a mocap art, like artist, which he would have to play that role in that sense, I think Benedict Cumberbatch has the right kind of poise about him and the right personality for me if I was going to cast. Oh, him. oh yeah, Jelly in, Jelly Bean Bandersnatch. Based Snatch on is a, a very great vanilla and you know interpretation of what I would think. So. But yeah, I, I think he would be great. I know they've tried to fan cast him as, as a grand animal tour, and he'd probably be great at that as well. Oh, he'd be amazing as that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't mind the idea of an evil British skeleton in some way. And if they were going to do an origin scene or an origin story about Skeletor, I think he could really pull off Keldor quite well. So that's my reasoning. I think it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Jace, yours. Well, mine would go the CGI route, uh, and we would only need voice only. And keeping in mind, Skeletor is elderly compared to He-Man. Skeletor would be in his 60s by the time He-Man is a hero, and I would figure that we would need a, he a, a Skeletor with a very sinister, gravelly voice. And so my pick for Skeletor, voice only, would be the legendary actor Tony Todd. Wow. 
Now that is a choice from left field. Yes. I would not have picked this a million miles. Why Tony Todd? What what is specifically about Tony Todd that says you use skeletal? Tony Todd has a very growly voice. Um, he sort of talks like this quite a bit. And I think as he's aged, it has gotten even better. I actually fan-casted him as the voice of Smog in uh, The Hobbit. And I said, I know he's not British. Yeah, I know he's not British, but I think he would be an amazing Smog, which ironically was played by... uh, (laughs) Exactly! Ironically played by Jellybean Cumberbund. But anyway, (laughs) I, I just... I love Tony Todd's voice. I think that he could be sinister, but I also believe from his work in the Final Destination movies that he can add a little bit of humor into the role. And really give a Skeletor interpretation that would be both um, true to the Filmation era, but also something new and something cinematic. I agree. And you know what I'm going to say too? If if you're thinking that Tony Todd is limited in his range, I oh, don't no. think you've ever watched a lot of Tony Todd. Tony Todd, he, throughout his career, it is stunning the diversity that he is. Absolutely. able to portray as an actor. Um, you know, very much, I think he's a victim of uh, general audience stigma. Yeah, he's, he's been typecasted quite where a bit. He, yeah, he's been typecast <laughs> where he probably deserved, as we know, much, much more prestigious roles, but was just unfortunately never given that opportunity. Yes. But he's he is a, he is a force to be reckoned with. He is, way, he is. Time. But I... I think that, um, and he would definitely him, bring the gravitas to it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah, yeah, Beanlick, uh, Camberband, and uh, Tony Tan would be outstanding choices for Skeletor, and I would be a hundred percent behind each one of them. I, I think it's hilarious that both they're, they're finding themselves in the same casting. First with Peter Jackson for Desolation yes. of Smog, and now they've been. Uh... <laughs> well, you know, you know, for Skeletor in our casting room for Skeletor. <laughs> well, that's a tough one. I. I would like to see if anyone out there who enjoys the show, what's a has an opinion on it. I'd love to hear what people out there kind of Absolutely. think. Absolutely. We might put it up on our socials. But, but you know, we uh, can yeah, always, that, we can always bring back Frank Langella or even Alan Oppenheimer. Alan Oppenheimer's still around. Yeah, Mark Hamill did a great job. do something Skeletor. with his voice. But hey, I think you at know this what? Point you've got I don't want to give a, I don't want to give a, a spoiler, but Alan Oppenheimer pops up in the CGI He Man unexpectedly. Really? And things happen. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a massive tease. Yes. I'm going to be asking a million questions about that afterwards. Yeah. And I will uh, I will smile and refuse to answer. <laughs> now, Jace, we have got an announcement. That ends this little mini-series of, of deep character dives for now. For now, We're yes. taking a hiatus for this. But this series will return. It has to return, Jason. Absolutely. We have the Christmas special coming up soon. And, well, that was a couple of things we were going to announce. On the week of Christmas, there is the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, which we'll be doing a bonus episode for that. That will be brilliant. But starting next week, Jason, we start our journey through to She-Ra, Princess of Power, the Netflix series. Yes. The best Masters of the Universe spinoff ever. Here we go. <laughs> now, as you know, we watched, if you've watched the series at all, guys, if we go back early on, we watched the, the first couple episodes of this, and I instantly went, oh, we're dealing with something quite different here. We're dealing it's with very something next that, level. 
yeah, it's it's a tear up than probably what I was expecting, and the way of quality and like it's very much these are the, the quality riders absolutely know, behind. So I'm very excited to deep down this. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go on and split the seasons in half. So each season we'll do two halves on, uh, being that next week you will assume that you've already seen the first two episodes and seen our review. And we'll go and fill in the, another half of the season up to, I don't know, just over halfway. So it'll be about five or six episodes each one we'll talk about. But I'm super excited, Jace, to, to, to jump down this rabbit hole. I am too. I'm, I'm really excited to revisit this series because it was, <laughs> as you said, it was something special. Next level. It's something different. Very and, unexpected. And by the sounds of it, you've alluded many times to me that there are twists and turns in this series and things that happen which are... Going to be put it this way, quite profound at some point. Yes. Yeah. So, my I'm, favorite I'm, type of stories are the ones that grow beyond the concepts of good and evil, and that's really what we see with Shira, along with trauma and abuse and self worth and esteem and all kinds of themes that just keep popping up. And of course, it's funny as well. It's funny. It's endearing. It's sweet. It's got some great action in it. I'm really looking forward to revisiting this entire series. You know what? All I can think of is like, you know, the filmation series is very much centered on that generation and, and sending positive messaging to Generation X. For the children, that is Generation X. Now it's it's like, it feels like this show was more designed for the millennium children, giving them the lessons and the understand, things that are relevant today that maybe weren't relevant to us back as children. We had different hurdles to overcome. These guys have got other ones. And I feel like this show, from what I've only just sampled of, feels like it's it's definitely, it's aware of its place and its time. Yeah, so good stuff. Can't wait. Yes. Really excited. That starts next week, Jace. Yes, it does. Excellent. We'll bring it on. Well, thank you guys for watching as always. I'm Jason, and that is Jason, of course. You can find him mainly. He's all over the place on social media. You're in a corner in social media. There he is. <laughs> TikTok's probably where your biggest fan base is and Facebook. And check him out at Jason Roy Gaston. And you can find me at VHS underscore Jace. Um, I, like Jason, will be playing with my He-Man vigor shortly too. So thanks for watching, guys, and we'll see you next week on... The power of J-Skull. Stop doing Ooh. that. Stop. I was just about to end the show, Jason, but I can't because we got you oh. supplied me with a special bonus clip. Yes. Yes. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So before so we end the show, guys, we've got a big thing we're going to share with you. Jason, can you just quickly explain what this clip is we're about to play out? Okay, so I was recently shown this clip on YouTube, and – um as we all know, the voice of He-Man is named John Irwin. John Irwin is a very private person. He does not do interviews. He doesn't do appearances at uh, at conventions or anything like that. And, you know, the, the He-Man fan base is very respectful, and we, we leave the guy alone. Um, during the 80s, however, John Irwin got a request, and it was from a little boy named Joshua who was fighting a disease in the hospital. And... Joshua just wanted He-Man to be his friend. And so John Irwin made 
a video for Joshua or a recording for Joshua, I should say. And get your hankies out, grab your hearts, because this is amazing. Hello, Joshua. This is He-Man. Somebody told me how much you enjoyed my adventure story, so I thought I would send this special tape to you. It's yours to keep and play whenever you like. You know, Joshua, I have a lot of problems here on Eternia, but with the help of my good friends, I'm usually able to work things out. That's the way it is with friends. When everything is fine, well, it's great to have them around, you know, to help share the fun, the good times. But when I have a problem, well, that's when I really need them. It's not that they can always do something, but it sure helps just having them there, having a friend to talk to, somebody who really cares about me. Friendship, well, it's a very special thing. And that's why I'm sending you this message. I have a favor to ask. I'd like to be your friend. Well, I'm sure you have a lot of good friends already and a wonderful mother and father who help you work out your problems. But you can always use another friend. I know you can. Besides, I need a friend on your planet Earth. I mean, someone I can count on. Someone who can count on me. So how about it? Joshua and He-Man. Hey, I like the way it sounds. Wait until I tell Orko. Oh, I almost forgot. Orko, Tila, and Man-at-Arms made me promise to say hello to you for them. And they send their very best wishes. As for Cringer, well, he wanted to tell you himself. Cringer? Cringer? Come over here, Cringer. Now, now Joshua's uh, listening to us. You want to say hello? Joshua, nice to meet you. <laughs> All right, Cringer. You know, it's time for us to go and time for you to become Battle Cat so we can find out what Skeletor is up to. If you don't mind, I, I, I'd rather stay here no. and talk to Joshua. No, come on, Cringer. Sorry. Sorry, you old Freddy cat, but we do have to go. Well, Joshua, we're off for another adventure. I've sure enjoyed talking with you, and I hope we can do it again soon. But for now, I'll leave you with these words. So long, friend. <laughs>